This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Shlomovitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. For this episode of Soundmaking, we spoke to composer, saxophone player and improvising musician Travis Laplante about his piece Inner Garden, composed for the excellent New York quartet Yarn Wire. The piece was recorded and released on the new Amsterdam Records label in October 2020, and you may purchase this wonderful album on the link provided with the episode. Hi, I'm Travis Laplante. I split my time between uh, Southern Vermont and New York, and I'm a saxophonist and composer and improviser. I grew up playing playing jazz music in, in Vermont. Around that time when I was 13, 14, 15, I really started to become enamored with the music of John Coltrane, and he his music really opened up my my ears and my heart to, uh, I would say, more kind of wild, um, you know, avant-garde, um, visceral uh, sounds. So yeah, around that time, I also became very interested and passionate about, you know, music of people like Albert Eiler, um, Dewey Redman, Ornette Coleman, um, Joe Maneri, Joe McPhee, um, and a lot of more... Uh, you know, free free jazz music. There was this DIY scene in Brooklyn um, in the early 2000s, and uh, I think Russell can also speak to this. It was a really vibrant, incredible scene of bands anyway, and then, yeah, have been kind of uh, getting closer and closer to the contemporary new music scene and anyway and so that's kind of how uh, Yarnwire and I met just because we were really in close proximity in New York over the years and Yarnwire is one of my favorite ensembles in the world regardless of genre and I have been a fan for a very long time. Essentially I think Russell just emailed me three years ago um, asking if I'd like to collaborate with them because they had a week residency at the Stone, a venue in, in New York. And I mean, I had a giant smile on my face when I received the note. I was so happy and so excited. In that moment, immediately, there was almost like a glimpse that was given as to like what what the piece was. Um, we ended up getting together quite a bit and really rehearsed in a way that was 
that's really unusual, unfortunately, in this in this time um, for uh, composers and really anyone in, in, in general. So the process was very organic and beautiful. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Ning Yu. I'm one of the pianists of Young Wire. I remember first couple times when we met with Travis, he would play his part in a way that is, I thought of as um, a way of um, showing us like a core of the piece. So if there's a center of the piece and he, he you know, Travis, you said this so eloquently, which I, I cannot paraphrase, um, is this place in deep down in the earth, in the center of the earth. To, to me that you're playing is like that core uh, of the earth and uh, we're sort of the swarm of sound that's uh, that's sort of surrounding it. And um, I think uh, in the in the very early days when Travis would send ideas and then we would try out and then, you know, we would really listen. And sometimes it's really without uh, conversing with each other, we just all know that wasn't it. And uh, when 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 something really came along that was so special, um, all of us, all four of us, I like, well, I don't know about you. That was really cool, you know, so you know, it's just really clicked. And I think this word that um, Travis used as organic, the process of organic is really important. In the end, it feels very easy, you know, feels very free and easy, N not this sort of monumentally like this mountain on, on top of us to play this 40 some minute piece. But when we do play the piece, it's like just sort of just, just unfolding this feeling, unfolding the sound that we already know so well because of this long organic process. Hey, I'm Russell Greenberg. I'm one of the uh, percussionists in Yarn Wire. What was great is that, like Travis said, we had a lot of time, you know, in a way. Of course, there's always a deadline, but, um, you know, we had the luxury of rehearsing together and um, there wasn't necessarily written music to read during, during the the concert and that, and maybe that's something you know that I, is interesting it's not that there wasn't written material it's stuff that we internalized in rehearsal right a collection of pitches a direction that we should be flowing um even the fact there's three movements right and so you know we had these ideas for from travis for each of these movements and we rehearsed them separately to get the vibe right to get the the flow right and maybe the third movement was almost the most both the most free and the most uh, rigid in in some some weird ways, you know. Um, but like each movement was such a process and such an exploration, um, and it wasn't until I think we got to perform it in, in its entirety that we kind of felt the the full you know weight of the thing. The third movement came about because as Ning was talking about this kind of place of. Um, kind of unconditional love or like the deepest sense of beauty at the center of the earth or at the center of all of us, honestly, like was a big inspiration for, for the piece. And the way to translate that feeling for me, like into sound, like what I was hearing was just these gorgeous wind chimes that really saturated the air. And so the intention really with that section is when you're at the concert or ideally if you're listening to the record at all, that you can actually really just be inside of a particular kind of beauty. So essentially for the last movement, there are two like giant racks of chimes 
um, on either side of the stage or the recording studio. And, you know, they're all pitched differently. Through research, we came up with a general like order of um, kind of the sequence of which chimes are sounding when and certain chimes that should wait until later to, to enter. And Ning and uh, Russell and Ian and Laura were um, in a choreographed way kind of going across the stereo fields um, during the recording with these chimes. Um, and then I was in the center basically playing and attempting to open up this space of being inside of this beauty. And then at a certain point, there's um, a, a cue where then they're, they're no longer walking back and forth and the giant racks are actually begin to rotate um, in a circular motion. So there are these two concentric circles happening in the stereo fields. And then one of my favorite parts of the movement and the piece is when they actually stop at the end. And then there's just, there are these lingering chimes and it's so mysterious. And on the recording too, it comes across where there's like the silence for a pretty long time. And then all of a sudden there's one dong. There's something about the decay of the sounds in that, that I just every time feel is so, unpredictable and, and, and magical. We basically have to stay so still. So the key is to not make the chime sound. Then the sound is just right.
Thank <laughs> you.